0: Hello and welcome to the Future of Tax and Legal podcast series, Legal Edition, with today's episode focusing specifically on ESG and legal. Joining us today are Pilar Galan, Global ESG Lead for Legal, KPMG International and Partner, KPMG in Spain, as well as John Mertzopoulos, Asset Management and ESG Lead for KPMG Law in Australia. Pilar and John have joined us today to delve into ESG and the legal functions, touching on the opportunities and challenges, as well as picking their brains on any regional nuances that exist in the space. Thank you both for being here today. Perhaps we can start by setting the scene. What role would you say the legal function plays in ESG for an organisation? Pila, can I come to you first?
1: Legal role is ideally positioned to be agent for the transformational change. First, because ESG changes are largely driven by regulation and therefore navigating the complexity of new regulation and ensuring compliance and management of risk is key. Second, because of its holistic view of ESG and in-depth understanding that the legal function has of the organisation and the impact on its operational structure and on the different topics. Above all, the ESG journey is an opportunity for the legal function to partner with their business in designing and implementing their organization's ESG strategy.
0: And John, do you have any further thoughts you wanted to add here?
2: I mean, I 100% agree with what Pillow said. I think, you know, everyone talks about businesses being on their own ESG journey and they're somewhere along the the journey road, well, legal functions are on that same journey. And and so there are different stages as well. But definitely the legal functions playing a bigger role in ESG, certainly down here in Australia, as we play catch up with our new government in the last 12 months, we've really made a quantum leap from where we were, which was nowhere to where we are, which is somewhere. And we've still got more more to go, although we're still way behind uh, Europe. And I think the legal function is playing a bigger role on both the risk side and the opportunity side. Great. Thanks, John. An open question to either of
0: you. What level of collaboration is necessary in an organisation to achieve ESG-related
2: ambitions? I'm happy to take that first if you want, Pilar. I I think, and it probably links in with what Pilar mentioned a a moment ago, that legal really has a very central and important role within a a business in terms of meeting the ESG challenge and exploiting the ESG opportunities. And and they can't do it alone, of course, and it really is a collaboration. And I think the legal function is simply one of the, the stakeholders and an important one, particularly as we are seeing increasing ESG regulation and proposals in proposed reforms. So that's probably enough for me, I think. Anything from you, Billa?
1: I would just add that while the legal function has or should take the role of supporting the business and supporting the organisation to identify where are the risks, uh, there is increasing transparency requirements, uh, the scrutiny of the different stakeholders is getting higher, So it makes it crucial for the legal function to adequately identify where are the risks in order to avoid potential liability that could take place afterwards.
2: That's a good point, Pilar. I mean, greenwashing risk is a global theme. And what I'm seeing in Australia, you know, greenwashing is probably the biggest risk that everyone is talking about here because our financial regulators have stepped up their enforcement and it's quite sharp enforcement. And and what we're finding is that legal has a central role in the organisation's response to that type of sharp enforcement because fundamentally greenwashing involves a breach of existing law. Thanks for that, John and Peeler. Digging a little deeper into the topic and knowing that the
0: ESG landscape is ever-evolving, what are some of the ESG-related challenges or risks you foresee for the legal function in the near future? And how can organisations prepare for these?
2: John, perhaps you can start us off with this question. I guess from an Australian perspective, the expression that comes to mind is the pace of change. And it's like, strap yourself in. It's just amazing how much is going on. And that is a challenge. It's a challenge to stay on top of things. It's a challenge to understand what's going on when you've got your BAU job and there's all this you know noise going on, increasingly becoming more mainstream. So I think pace of change is a biggie. Improving education and awareness in line with that change is another one. You know, I'm the ESG lead for KPMG Law Australia, but four years ago, guess what? I was not. And I had really no idea what ESG was, as did most lawyers in Australia. But look, what's happened in, you know, bada bing, bada boom in four years. You know, I'm suddenly now leading the function and working with ESG advisory almost on a daily basis. So I think the pace of change is a biggie and legal needs to be an active participant in internal efforts.
1: One of the challenges is to train our people and for the legal function to train their people, which is not easy at all. They are in the in their BAU and this is on top of all they have, depending on the sector, the regulation is different. There is regulation coming from everywhere, the scrutiny of the authorities, the stakeholders, so and they have to support the different operational areas, business, So this is really a challenge also for the organisation, the training.
0: Thanks, Pila. We've discussed the challenges, but what opportunities
2: does ESG present for the legal function? John, can I come to you first? I think from an Australian perspective, what we're sort of seeing is people started with the risk side. And once they got that under control, managing material ESG risks, they then sort of started to turn to the opportunity side. How do we find the opportunities in what's going on? And there's a lot going on. So I think that's an exciting element, you know, um, a real opportunity for legal to, you know, assist in the transformation of the business into potentially a more purposive business and one whose values are, if they're not already, really aligned to, you know, the values of the individuals uh, within the organisation. I think I think that can be quite inspiring I see it with the young lawyers in my team. We run a weekly ESG 30-minute kind of what's going on kind of session, and the young people have got eyes like this, you know, um, and you can see that it resonates with them to hear about what's going on. So I think that's a really biggie. And there's an upskilling element to it. I think that's an opportunity. I think learning, we always continue to learn. We never stop learning. Um, And this is definitely the case uh, for the legal function, really upskilling and speaking the language of ESG. It's a language. And then actually applying and looking at ESG through a legal lens is really important because for so long, it was being looked at without a legal lens. Finally, teaming teaming with the responsible investment internal team to combine and look at challenges for the uh, organisation is also an exciting opportunity.
1: Partnering with other areas of the company and especially with business, the, the legal function should be monitoring what is to come. They should help to navigate what is already in uh, in place in terms of regulation or in terms of uh, uh, just um, social um, a awareness or or a scrutiny, and they have to support in the implementation of that because of their knowledge or the knowledge that their teams should have in terms of ESG, in terms of potential liability, in terms of really being able to foresee what could be the implications of the transparency that they are giving to the market, the labelling that they have in the products, how they are complying with certain legal premises and so on.
0: And Pila, are there any nuances from a regional perspective on how organisations are integrating ESG initiatives into their legal strategies and practices?
1: There are nuances from regional perspective. For example, in Europe, regulation is used as a leverage to advance in the transition to net zero, whereas in other regions, for example, in the US, the, the approach is to push ESG through grants and incentives to corporates. So really, the approach is different. The regulation is different. We even have well important differences in terms of interpretation, for example, of the fiduciary duty in the financial sector. Uh, So it is important to, when you are a company that operates in different countries, to take into account the different uh, approaches, the different regulations, and this is very complex too. I would highlight that there are nuances not only from a regional perspective, but also because of the maturity of the companies and depending on the sector where they are. So the maturity of the companies, what we see is that uh, it depends on different factors, such as, for example, well, as I said, the sector where, where they operate, but also their culture, their governance, the board support, uh, how much they have advanced in terms of defining an ESG strategy. So I would say that we are seeing very different levels of maturity depending on the region depending on the sector depending on the kind of company and depending on the governance of the company
2: and John would you like to add anything from an australian perspective i suppose the nuance with us is we're a bit like europe i suppose hearing pillar's description which was really interesting that we are using increasing esg regulation i suppose more than as incentives so we're definitely heading down the or towards the European model. Uh, I'm not sure we'll go as far, but we're certainly heading that down that way. So, for example, Yesterday, our, our, our government released a sustainable finance consultation paper, which has been waited, we've been waiting for a long time, and it's got some uh, significant proposals, including invest, investment fund labelling and, and disclosure rules. We're also in the process of you know, consulting on implementation of ISSB, at least the Climate S2. We um, look to the European Union and the United Kingdom for lessons. Because they are ahead of us in many respects, we are imminently going to announce our own C ban. And yesterday, there was released to the market publicly an opinion from a senior counsel, making it clear that companies can face and their boards can face personal liability if their company's activities have adverse impacts on nature uh, and so that's really put a cat amongst the pigeons you know by releasing that that opinion in the market it's it's really intended to move the the nature loss the you know nature positive stream forward to play catch up with climate and the other big thing that's going on in our market is, and we held a webinar on this um, earlier in the week, is pension funds investing for real world impact. A lot of our pension funds, and this links very nicely with greenwashing, and it also links nicely with fiduciary duty, but a lot of pension funds are really positioning in the market with strong messages to their members that, you know, invest with us and you will thereby invest for real world impact. And we heard that fiduciary duties require that all investments have to satisfy the material financial interests of beneficiaries. And if you don't, then you cannot invest. And so that really means that, uh, that that the only investments a pension fund can make are ones which meet the pension fund's risk return requirements from a financial perspective. And once they're over that hurdle, that's when they can then look for impact. So that was very interesting.
1: It is truly very interesting and it shows well, first we can learn from each other, and uh, because uh, I'm I'm afraid that this is something that we are building, and that probably we are going to see even in the in the regions where it is highly regulated, such as Europe, that probably well, certain things that have been regulated in a certain way will probably have to be some somehow amended, but they also should be useful for other regions to learn what has been useful and what has given more problems that uh, then help it to support the transition to net zero. So I think that uh, the important thing is that in general, all over the world, ESG is uh, on the top of the agenda and we will uh, learn from each other and in order to support and guarantee that we advance on ESG.
0: Thank you both. That's been a really informative discussion. I'm sure you've given our listeners a lot to think about. But finally, and maybe just to wrap up our recording, if you could describe the ESG landscape for the legal function in one word, what would it be?
1: It would be purpose. Why purpose? Well, I guess that uh, because the legal function must partner with the business in the design and deployment of the ESG strategy, so that they have to support in order to change the approach from mere compliant approach to a purpose-driven approach
2: yeah it's a tough one one word (laughs) (laughs) I'd probably I've, I've written down dynamic and then I wrote exciting and I wrote scary so maybe that's my three words that's great John thank you and on behalf of our listeners I'd like to thank both
0: you and Pila for joining us on the podcast that's all we have time for today thanks for listening